0: hey there welcome to motorcycles and misfits coming to you here from the recycle garage in sunny santa cruz california hey everyone how are you doing this is Liza, and joining me in the, in the virtual room tonight, you know, it still sucks that we haven't been able to get together in the same room to, uh, to do a podcast. We're able to do it over Zoom, but you know what it does allow us to do? It allows us to bring in other people, and I have a bunch of people in the waiting room to join us, but let's get to the misfits that are here. Of course, it's everybody's favorite. <laughs> it's Miss Emma.
1: Oh, hello, darling. Make tea, not war. That's what I say. Mm,
2: splendid. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> oh, say.
1: oh, yes. Oh, yes. Make, make dodge healing.
3: Um, <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's,
1: it's lovely to be here. I um, had a lovely ride on the motor Guzzi today. It was absolutely first class. You know, California in the fall, wonderful. Lucky old us.
0: And I'm guessing that it was running better on the ride home than it did on the ride here.
1: Well, once I figured out that the spark plugs that were in it had done a hundred thousand miles in my Jag, <laughs> and then what? Well, no, because <laughs> when I built the goozy or the goozy, um, I like oh, I want to fire it up. And I just grabbed some spark (laughs) plugs off the bench, which had been in my jag for 100,000 miles. And they were completely the wrong heat range. And I threw them in the bike. And that was four years ago. And the one finally failed and said, "Ah, I've had enough of this. And Mm. so um, in true Emma tradition, because I can be quite cheap, I ferreted around in Liza's drawers. And I found two ancient BATSs that look like they've been r- run in a lawnmower or something.
0: Yeah, um, were better them than them what in. you had. Yeah, they were better than
1: the ones I had, so I put them in. And because uh, he's running back like a yeah. freight train again. <laughs> toot, toot. It's, it's, nice. a woman's, it's a woman's right to choo-choos.
2: I saw that bike, I'm standing outside my house, and someone in a Mexican poncho was riding down the street on it.
3: Is that serious? <laughs> yes! I was like,
2: there's a guy with a Mexican poncho on this metal flake green Gucci thing.
1: Well, no, I mean, he, he, arri- <laughs> I, he arrived, and I could see the look in his eye. You know, it's, it's, it's the look... Of just pure lust, and I said, Did you wanna, do you want to ride it? And his eyes got really big, and he's oh, can I? I said, yeah, go and take it out. <laughs> so um, I think he had a jolly good time on it.
0: Also with us tonight, it's Naked Jim.
2: Hey, life's good. Take a deep breath out,
0: smile. Yeah, you got a little ride in today. Yeah we'll get the report sounds like your bike is taking a hell of a beating
2: yeah yeah by honda if you're shitty if you're sh- the worst rider you are the more durable bike you need
4: that's what i'm learning good
0: point point. and coming to us from his lovely garage up in oregon it's bagel
4: greetings from the very wet and cold oregon
0: ah you're learning that so fast yes. are you
4: Yes, it's it is not exactly riding season up here right now, unfortunately.
0: Oh, that's a bummer.
4: Well, it'll it'll yeah. stop in about six months. Don't worry. Yeah, eventually.
0: Well, Maybe. guys, <laughs> I um I didn't have anything really prepared tonight. I got a couple things we can, uh, you know. Chew, chew the fat on but you know I thought wouldn't it be great just to have some listeners join us and I put out the word and uh, we've got some who are going to join us I'm going to start bringing them in let's see let's see how Oops. they They have no idea what's going on let's see. Listener roulette. Yeah exactly
2: yeah. I hope uh, it's not that pervy revolver thing or whatever it is what's that you watch Emma? One thing I watch <laughs> sorry
0: <What? laughs> oh here they come here they come all right, let's All right. see who's the first up. It's going to be, looks like it's going to be Peter joining us. Hi there. Hey, Peter, how are you? I'm well, yourself? Good. You got video to turn on? I do, I do. Everyone's so scared to turn on the video. <laughs> there you are. Look, oh.
1: hey. That's hey. Nice office, Peter. Oh, yeah, I am living the life. You are indeed. Look at that.
0: And Peter, whereabouts in the world are you? So I'm in the
5: Midwest uh, between Milwaukee and Madison, Wisconsin.
0: Ooh,
2: so you're hunkering down for the winter, I I take it. it.
0: It's cold. You deal with the lake effect, right?
5: Yeah, a little bit, a little
2: bit. You deal with its cold as fuck effect. <laughs> I think that's what
5: they call it, officially.
1: <laughs> I guess that's
5: more honest.
1: Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah. so happy
5: to be here. I'm honored. Welcome. Uh,
1: and there's two things um, I'm very, very interested right now. Um, the first is an aluminum propeller you've got propped up against your wall there. Yeah. Is that a propeller? What is that?
5: It is. It's a propeller. From uh, I don't know an airplane of some sort. I have <laughs> built a couple of airplanes. I
0: don't know. I'm going to guess an airplane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: no, we could know. It could be from an airboat. Before that's you like, get excited, oh, it's
1: um, an but I'm I'm not sure about airboats. And the second thing, there there is appears to be a design studio behind you. And are you, are you designing high heels on that, or so- is it?
5: Yeah, isn't that great? That's my daughter's calendar.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, wow. so, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I have a terrible shoe fetish, so as well as motorbikes, I have a collection <laughs> of about 1,000 shoes, all yeah. with some kind of heel on them.
5: So I'm up here in the attic of an old Victorian house.
0: Ah, uh, nice. yes, uh, we have one of so those, too. I live too. And
5: work here. The COVID hasn't affected me too much. Okay. <laughs> nice. That's good.
1: It's a great space. Thank you for joining us.
0: Well, also, we've got joining us is Big Ben. Hey, Ben, how are you?
6: I'm great. How are you guys?
0: Good. And where where in the world? <laughs> oh, my God. Look at the size of him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's got a big voice, too. <laughs> He's a big, big man. Hello, become, Ben. Big Ben the boomer. <laughs>
0: See, I like he Sorry, puts it in loud. the name, I so you're apologize. not so you're not surprised. No, no, not at all, Ben. You've you've got
6: what one would call you've got a robust voice, a very robust voice. Uh, my wife would say it's an annoying voice, but we'll go with robust. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and 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 Ben, where Robustly in the world? annoying. Where where in the world are you?
6: I am just down the road from me in Bakersfield.
0: Oh.
3: Oh,
6: cool. Yeah. So I was just through Bakersfield. I I know it
2: full city, but eh. (laughs) you'd be lying. (laughs) (laughs) But I bet Bakersfield moves America. I'll say that.
6: It, i don't know it's just a place where i off the wagon it's i tried enough. i was trying you know what i'm saying you know you don't have to make sweet for me i've been married to the same woman for 33 years there's nothing you're gonna say it's gonna hurt my feelings <laughs>
7: <laughs>
0: and then uh, hey you guys look who's joined us it's our old friend chris how you doing chris
7: i don't know yourself
0: good and can you oh, remind everyone face. where well, you are by.
7: I'm sorry I couldn't hear you. What was that?
0: Can you remind everyone where you are?
7: I am just outside of Philadelphia PA in a town called Woolgrove.
0: There you go. So oh, we yeah. are spread out right. all five over. Um and <clears throat> it so looks like five of us are still riding and two probably aren't. <laughs> <laughs> that's my and that's, guess.
4: And that's We're riding where comfortably.
0: comfortably. <laughs> that's where
4: a race raceway is, isn't it? No.
7: No? Never heard of that. Oh.
0: Well, okay. you Must may have designed. to go look for it then.
7: Hmm.
0: So, um, uh, so Emma, let's start with uh, Peter. I know he's got some bikes in his garage you'd be interested in.
3: Yes,
1: right. come on along, Peter, come along. I want to hear about these bikes.
0: So, Emma, I've got... I,
5: I... So I'm restoring a Triumph Spitfire right now, which is not a bike, but it's a British car. I no, I know. Um, uh,
1: what what year is your Spitfire, darling?
5: So it's a mid '70s, and it's dramatically customized. I've cut the cha- the suspension off the chassis. Right. Raised it a couple inches, consequently lowering the car. I nested a Mazda Miata engine in it. Oh, that's a good Uh, upgrade. Yeah, on a six-speed, it should be wonderful. I will tell you
1: something about your car, which you may or may not know. It was the last production British car with a chassis.
5: (laughs) That makes sense.
1: And it's quite a peculiar chassis because it's quite um, an interesting thing. A Spitfire chassis is like a double-ended y so if you think if you take the letter y and then turn another y upside down and join it on at the foot that's exactly what a spitfire chassis looks like
5: yeah the wishbone chassis
1: the wishbone front and rear but it was the last production british car sold with a chassis the wonderful little cars um and with a with a miata in it you can wake them up now um I th- believe the Moss motoring here in California used to sell a supercharger kit for that Miata engine, which, which would, would wake it up even more.
5: Right. Which would be a thing. I have overbuilt enough hot rods. You know, you build them to a point that they're no good anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, wait a minute. This is not the Cleveland Moto podcast. Let's keep it to motorcycles. Come on, because I so, know you got some good stuff there.
5: Yes, so Emma, I have a uh, a Norton Commando. Okay, very nice. What what years your Commando? Yeah, I, I uh, customized uh, it a couple of years ago, and it's wonderful. I had a years ago. I was fortunate enough to have an E-type Jaguar, and I felt so special driving that thing around, and so pretentious. The <laughs> pretentious part made me sell it. <laughs> But the Norton feels just the same way, only without the pretension. It is a magical motorcycle. Well, you know, the
1: thing about all British vehicles, once you get away from the the very entry-level ones, and make no mistake, you know, the Austins and the Morrises and the Spitfires are special little cars Mm -hmm. in their own way. But once you get into the higher-end stuff, like an E-Type Jag, like a Norton Commando, like, you know, a Royal Enfield. Oh, that's a lovely thing. That looks like a Colorado Norton Works bike. Once you get into the higher-end stuff, you're basically driving a hand-built vehicle, and they're very, very special. Um,
0: Is that a a Corbin seat on there?
1: yeah, Yeah, oh, yeah
0: yeah it is yeah that looks good it changes
1: it changes the look of the bike dramatically yeah.
0: <clears throat>
5: i uh i built things myself for the most part and the corbin seat was a luxury that was uh pretty wonderful just to spend a little dough and open a box and have something that amazing come on it uh so yeah, must- that, and again, it's completely
1: hand-built. We're very, very good friends with <clears throat> Mike Corbyn and very good friends with San Francisco, who's his chief builder. And it's really, those Corbin seats, they're absolutely handmade and made by craftsmen and women. You know, from Francisco, who does the skinning of them, right down to the, the girls who hand lay the fiberglass and actually run the patterns on the machines. It's a wonderful operation he's got there.
2: You know what you notice about when you go into the factory and you walk through there like Michael lets you Mm -hmm. and you see all these years of service awards on the wall? And I don't think there's anyone who hasn't worked there for 20 years. Probably the average length of service is 25, 30 years at that place. Oh, I would have thought, yeah. How many seats, you know, they have shaped over the years? It's amazing.
0: Well, Emma, you think that's cool? Guess what his bike of choice was for the 2018 uh vintage days which if you remember was the muddy it was so muddy yes yes so guess what his bike of choice was for that
1: bike of choice come on peter
5: water buffalo oh good man so so i had spent the winter prior (laughs) restoring a water buffalo i bought out of a field (laughs) and uh and it and you came took out that to Amy vintage it was days. a remarkable story yeah, yeah. oh no so my wife and i ended up uh, we took the water buffalo down to vintage days we had not been to vintage days prior and it turned into our pit bike in that mud <laughs> was Crazy! i thought i was going to go down and show yeah. it off and instead we just rode it through the mud oh that it mud was, was horrible it was ruinous but it was fun it
1: but, was super but you fun. But, but, you know, the thing is about buffaloes, for what it is, for long-distance touring work, it's still hard to beat even now because they're very smooth. A three-cylinder engine is inherently smooth anyway, but, of course, it's rubber-mounted. They're very, very low revving. If you've been brought up on a diet of Japanese across-the-frame fours, mm-hmm. Not so much with Commandos and Bonnevilles, but, you know, a stock-geared Commando is quite a high-revving thing. The Water Buffalo, you know what, freeway speeds is just burbling along. It's a wonderful place to be, and they're big and rangy, and they've got a big seat. It's just a nice place to be to to go touring,
0: well, I think I think he learned his lesson cuz he's built another bike for the next vintage days. Emma, you want to take a guess what that is? Look at those nice knobbies. What do you think that is?
1: Uh, well, let me see. I'm trying to recognize that cylinder. Uh-huh.
0: It right?
1: Is it, it's, it's wait a minute. Wait. Is that Is that a T500
5: Cobra? it's a Bridgestone you know not, how cool is that it was an old black street bike Bridgestone a Bridgestone 90 that- oh
1: that's why I didn't recognize it because I thought Bridgestone but the reason I didn't go there I was absolutely certain all bridgestones were um, had their carbs on the crankcase, and I didn't see that on yours.
5: Right. Yeah, it does. It's over on the side. It's over on
1: the other side. Yeah. Amazing-looking thing. I love the flake orange. Very similar color to my old buffalo.
0: You're going to be very easy to find next year at Vintage Days. (laughs) Uh, I'll be looking for you.
1: Uh, we'll be, all be looking for mm-hmm. you.
5: It'll be caked in mud just like the water buffalo <laughs> was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I can't believe we didn't see you on the water buffalo, for God's sake.
0: <laughs> hey, so I don't have an agenda, but I have a story I'd like to share. Before you do, okay. I would like to introduce, we have one more stunt misfit who's joined us. we got Mike uh, uh, with us. How you doing, Mike?
8: Hey, guys. How's it going?
0: Good. You look like you're in like a photography studio. Look at that camera setup.
8: <laughs> I, uh... With COVID and everything, my wife is a professor. And so this is the her studio. And in another life, I was a, a photographer. There it is. Photography, so. I like to,
1: Mike, I'll tell you what that shot looks like. There was a genre of photography going around. It's kind of lost favor a little bit now. And I can't remember whether it was called forced perspective, but it actually made realistic things look like they were models.
0: I thought, that- you, <laughs> I thought you were going to say glamour shots. No, yeah,
1: and it no. was exactly that, where you bring an object worn. into very, very high focus <laughs> with, with a with a very soft focus on the back. Pretty sure that it was called forced perspective hmm. photography, and I thought it was great.
8: It looks yeah.
0: very good there.
8: Yeah, it's just a, a really uh, defined lens. That's all it is. It's it's the lens and the lighting in the room.
0: And and okay. Mike, where are you mm. uh, call, uh, calling in from?
8: I'm from uh, right outside Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Right on, so, hello love yeah. me yeah. some Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. so, and some so. barbecue.
8: A <laughs> little bit of barbecue, a little bit a little bit a little bit of riding, that kind of thing. So yeah, we got a little bit. Down yeah, here, yeah, great
2: know, out there. The have, on the streets.
8: I have got to say that
1: going down the line, I can't remember when we had more handsome guests across the board. They're all very good looking, aren't they, Liza? <laughs>
0: and and I have to say that they're they're. What do you how do you say they're trimmed very well? What do you, what do you say? <laughs> they're Extremely well groomed. Yeah, they look is.
2: a lot smarter than we do. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do this
7: anymore. Like I like I know. So they look really smart. Looks <laughs> well, can be deceiving. <laughs>
0: so, Peter, yeah. your story. Let's hear it. So, I have. I think I have.
5: I have the motorcycle that is the. I guess the similar to the story of the uh, the lost Corvette you might find in a garage. I have a Kawasaki Triple. Okay. Only it's only the KH four hundred, so it's not the most coveted of them. But uh, I got it. Follow this. I bought it off a of Craigslist from a guy who bought it from a friend.
2: A guy. Who
5: found it buried in the dining room of the flipper house he had just bought at an estate sale. Nice. Wow. So the guy buys a flipper house from a hoarder oh, who no. died. And oh, while he's digging the place out... Under the dining room table, he finds a motorcycle frame, an engine, and all sorts of parts. And he sells it to his buddy, the drywaller. And the drywaller thinks he's gonna put it together and then decides not to, and advertises it on Craigslist. And I bought it as a pile of parts that had been in a front-end accident. It had been endoed. The whole triple tree was broken off, the gas tank was smashed on top, the tail fin was, was wrecked, um, and the middle, the middle exhaust pipe was crunched in. And I didn't really put this all together. It didn't have a title, nothing ever has a title, it seems when it's a deal. And I started putting it together. And- oh God, I know what you got. So what I got is a bike that was totaled before it was registered. It was totaled before it was ever registered. Wow. And all the original parts had been purchased uh, prior and just never assembled. And I put the thing together and I still hadn't really figured it out as I was getting a, I was halfway through it. And one day I'm out in my shop, I've got the frame hanging from the ceiling as I'm working on things. And I had a white t shirt on and I rubbed up against the frame and it didn't even get dirty. And I thought, that's impossible. And I didn't think about it too much more until I finished the motorcycle. And I rode it, and I rode it. I rode it to the uh, the Peter Egan thing, the uh, slimy crud we have here in Wisconsin twice a year. And uh, I rode it for half a summer, and the motor just started getting better and better. And what was happening was I was freeing up a brand new motor that I was breaking in, and I didn't even know it.
4: Wow. I
5: have a brand new 1800 miles on it now, Kawasaki Triple. It's pretty That's remarkable. amazing. And you know the K um, the KH400
1: or the S3 really very very nice bike. Um they they actually they've got plenty of power. They came in a little bit later. There were a development from the S2 which was the 350. Um and it's just really pleasant place to be they're a lovely bike um in fact i was reminded of uh, kh400s last night i was sitting sitting watching turner classic movies and they showed the gumball rally <laughs> and of course <laughs> our hero in the gumball rally was riding a kh400 nice if you haven't seen it watch it again
0: on. yeah I wanna know what's in Ben's garage because he's actually in his garage. I am. Ben, what you got? What well, is what's a big guy you know, like you ride?
6: First of all, thanks for starting with the guy that's got all the cool stuff. So
3: hold on Ben. You know. <laughs> let's
6: just start there. Yeah. So let's just bring the expectations. The expectations are gonna have to come down quite a
3: bit. <laughs>
6: okay. So as long as the engine sounds, here you like get go. voice. I'll be okay with here it. Here you go. There's, there's my, there's my daily ride right there. Is a boomer? bugger!
3: <laughs> yeah, it is.
6: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have the uh, big guy, small bike. You don't need to wear high vis. I am very seeable. <laughs> it's just like a giant dude floating on down the road. Everybody oh, and, sees me. that's so you, fine. <laughs> yeah so now i'm rocking the the Zuma 125 mm-hmm. and then i have the uh vstrom uh 1000 xt okay oh, just nice. you know nice. just for giggles just to have something that get
1: well you know yeah. i actually i actually had you down as a super 10 rider but a vstrom 1000 yeah that's it's a big adventure bike
0: oh ben you got muted <clears throat> hit your button yeah, you hit something. Yeah, you, you know
6: go. technology.
3: <laughs> Big <laughs> thumbs.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and I, I tell uh, you what,
1: I, I tell you what, Mister, coming on here wearing that T-shirt, you've got some balls, my friend. That's the new
0: Cleveland Motor shirt. I got one too.
6: <laughs>
3: That's <nice>. Yeah. <laughs>
6: If it wasn't for Phil and Cleveland Moto, I wouldn't have found you guys. So,
0: oh, look at Peter's you know. got his mom's All I gotta say about it,
2: Cleveland Moto is is they are pretty fucking cool. Mm. Those guys are great. They are. Every time cool. Cleveland, yeah, when Cleveland Moto shows up, the fun begins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, F-
1: no. Oh, Philippe and his whole crew are absolute darlings. They really are.
2: So. Hey, Ben, yes, do you I, remember the strip club.
0: i I know you went for the steak that's what everyone says they got great steaks there and and ben have you been to uh, ama vintage days
6: i have not no (gasps) why not no i have not just i don't i don't ever have time for it i barely have time to do what i do someday when i'm when i'm old and don't have any more responsibilities at the house. There, I have a, lots of plans. And starting with that V Strom XT right there.
0: Here's why Does that mean we're old. Yeah. Here's why no, you want to go that, there. <laughs> Here's what you will see it's true. big men on little bikes. The, everyone will look like say, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most common bike there is yeah. the Honda Trail 70. Uh,
6: I have had one of those once or twice in my mm-hmm. life. I've, I've had quite a few. Uh, quite a few bikes and uh, I am always drawn towards the little ones I've only hurt myself on big ones so uh, the XT is the newest edition since my last accident and the wife went in you just go get something please
0: no that, that's a very decent bike I like those new XTs they look pretty cool too
6: uh, mine's an 18 it's not brand new mine's an 18 so good enough
0: yeah, yeah, but they'd... 18's new to me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a new second. It's
6: about a zero in front well, It's new.
0: Yeah, anything. Yeah, so within...
6: yellow wasn't my favorite color.
0: That's still. But it's it was a...
6: the color that was cheapest. So that is my favorite color.
0: <laughs> it is a good looking bike. And uh, Mike, what do you got in in your garage?
8: Uh, I trade a lot, but right now mm. I've actually got uh, a gs 1200 gs uh 2012 and then a drc 400 which is probably one of the bikes i'll keep forever is it an s an e an sm an s okay it's an s it's a 2000 s it's it's rock solid (laughs) it's my favorite super
2: motored out or is it
8: uh tires no no it's got the i go down to teleco Plains, uh and that's a lot of dirt a lot of dirt me
2: and, emma, me and emma go to teleco plains too I'm surprised we haven't okay. seen you there
8: oh yeah well you know, <laughs> it's a little further away on the coast but yeah it's true. a it's a it's a it's a good place to ride up in the smokies and so oh, yeah uh, so most of my bikes end up on dirt one way or another whatever it is cool. and, uh so i've got a Guzzi v7 uh mm-hmm. that i ride around with sometimes so and i just got rid of you guys talked about it, so uh, a ural I just got ah. rid of it probably earlier this summer. So so you, so
0: you got uh, it out of your system.
8: Yeah, you, you own one of those for about a year. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I took it I took it on a four hundred mile trip and that was it. I
4: was yeah. like, that's that's <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a long ride for a tractor.
8: Right, yeah, and that's what it was, you know, uh, thirty-five miles an hour uphill, any hill. Oh, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, it was it, it was quite the quite the trip. So, but it was fun. It was still fun. So, but, but you know, uh,
0: what does look very learned. You see, some people who are out there doing um, off-road adventures on the Urals, and like that actually looks like a really fun adventure. The
8: the best I've ever had, the most fun I've ever had, was when taking it off-road for sure. I mean, yes. you just. And, and the looks you get, just, you know, everybody's, like, looking over their shoulder, like, what are you doing? But it, it does go anywhere until it doesn't go
0: anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: They, like most motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so I have a question I'd like to pose to the group, and you guys can help us kind of be the brain trust. And this is um, – a question that's come up a couple times here in the garage there's been a few times where there's been somebody who's come through who uh got in accidents a lot i'm not talking about henry um (laughs) I think he gets in a lot of accidents because he actually rides so much. Just the, you know, the the risk factor goes up. But um, they're also, they're not really good at learning about any, how to do any maintenance or work. In fact, they don't have any aptitude whatsoever. Um, And I have a question. Do you think that there are some people that just shouldn't be on a motorcycle and if you know somebody like that, how do you, how do you approach that? Have you, do you guys have, have you ever met someone you're like, you really shouldn't be on a motorcycle?
6: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ben>? <laughs> what have you experienced?
6: My, my son's best friend mm-hmm. loves motorcycles more than anybody. He's 18 years old. And he has exactly what my father said I had, helmet syndrome. Put the helmet on, all your brains leave, go straight downstairs to balls. And every time I see this kid on a motorcycle, I just, have, I just tell him, dude, you don't need to ride. You're going to kill yourself. You, it, you do not but he, can't, he just can't help it. He has the love and the passion for it, but he doesn't have enough brains to not try to kill himself every time he rides it.
2: What's, what's the saying? If you're going to be stupid, you better be tough.
6: <laughs> that's right. I heard that one a lot in my life too. <laughs>
0: yeah, we've had um, we've had people here, and there's somebody that I think spent a long enough time that I I'm not going to say who he is, but um, there was like he had one instance. He just kept uh, totaling bikes. <laughs> One, he totaled because he was in a merge lane where the other lane had to merge with you and he held his ground and the car next to him never looked over and just merged right into him and pushed him into a guardrail and he blamed the driver of the car for never looking over and seeing him. And I tried to explain, no, as a rider, you're responsible for everyone around you and making sure you're in a position where you're not going to get taken out. So he then replaced that bike, got another one and then he blew the engine on it because the red light came on and he just thought that's like a check engine light. You can keep driving your car for another year or two with that check engine light. And he blew the engine up on the freeway when the light, red light had been on for like 2 days. And then when I told him, "What? Dude, no, when the red oil light comes on, that means turn off the bike, stop." And he got mad at me and blamed me that I never told him that. And this yeah. is somebody with a driver's license and a master's degree. Like, there's, there's some amount of responsibility as a driver and a rider that you need to take. And when somebody can't take responsibility and also doesn't have the, um, I'd say, like, the, the aptitude to have the uh, awareness of his surroundings. Common um,
4: sense.
0: And the, that common sense, that, I don't who, know that you should be riding.
4: Who doesn't know the meaning of RTFM?
0: Well, the sad thing is... Uh, friend of uh mine then loaned him of uh, a car to to drive while his bike was destroyed and he ran that out of oil too
6: oops yeah well he's consistent
0: yeah i know <laughs> yeah but um, there's say, someone well, else fuck
6: that
5: guy
0: there's someone else who um also i mean we've had people by the garage and not everybody likes to do maintenance but i think that anyone who rides has some sort of awareness about checking the basics you know like do you have oil in your bike do you have a brake fluid in your bike you know just do you have adequate tire pressure in your bike so i'm just wondering how do you like how do you tell somebody like dude you shouldn't be riding
2: a lot of the time it seems like people check themselves like if you shouldn't be riding usually you have a bad experience where you're like i shouldn't be riding yeah you know the people i've met that like yeah i rode once and then something fucked up happened but um
6: i don't know how do you tell someone i don't know you just tell them if you love them it seems it seems to be a generational thing that uh, a lot of the young people now like i'm 53 years old so i drove cars that you had to check the oil and you had to check the the tire pressure and you had to do maintenance on them if you planned on going anywhere nowadays the new cars you just jump in them and they just take off you know that's there's not as much maintenance required as say like a you know an 80s vehicle and uh, i just don't think the kids now have that built into them like our fathers built it into us or our people around us built it into us
4: well yeah it's not it's not a given anymore that that maintenance is something that you have to do on a regular basis it's like it, they've they've maintenance has been turned into like a a thing that's done less frequently and usually you have to take it to somebody. It's not something that you can do on your own, you know, for a lot of cars these days. So, so a lot of younger people just don't even bother to to learn and and, and do that.
0: But I feel as a rider, just like I said, you're responsible for all the cars around you. I think you're also responsible for your bike and making sure that all these things are in proper working order more so than a car we don't get in the car and check all that stuff all the time because it's much more forgiving and you're in a cage
2: i think about this a lot because i do my own maintenance and i'm not the best mechanic in the world but at the end of the day when you throw a leg over a bike you're the one that's going to pay the price if things aren't sorted out so i think if you're not willing to take the time and do a walk around and you know, make sure this is tight and everything you worked on yesterday or last night is tight and where it's supposed to be. You, you pay the price for it. Um, you know, and that, that that that's the way I look at it. If, if you're going to ride a motorcycle, you ultimately you're the one that pays the price if it—if the bike's sorted out or not. Well, and, and your family. <clears throat> and- oh, well said. Yes. I didn't even think about that, yeah. but totally, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Emma will tell you, I mean, there's there's a lot of people who rely on, I'll just have, you know, the mechanic fix stuff when I need, and they take it to the shop. But Emma, I'm sure, can tell you that um, a lot of times when you take it to a shop to have a little stuff done, they may be having, you know, the 17-year-old kid who's working on it. And do you want to trust that they tightened everything, that they set right. things
1: right? And, and this is a very, very important point. Uh, Shops don't go out of their way to rip you or anybody else off, and I want to make that absolutely clear. But if the lead mechanic is ass deep in an R1 engine rebuild, and somebody comes in for an oil change, they're going to put the apprentice on it. And the idea is, is the apprentice is someone's watching over his or her shoulder. All the time, and making sure they talk the but rent, yeah, talk the drain bolt up, and talk the oil filter up. But the phone goes uh, or something, or you're distracted, and they may miss that. So just because it's at a shop, there's no guarantee that you'll get the lead tech fix it. So you're absolutely right, Liza.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> I just, uh, yeah. I just, I I don't know. I I think it's an awkward position. I think that everyone, um, you know, we look out for people. I don't know. Make sure
2: they have a lot of gear.
0: Well, that's what we do. And there were people (laughs) who came by the garage today. We were able to give out some more gear. So thanks again to people who have donated. Uh, The neighbor kid who got a new to him bike this week. And I asked him, I said, so do you have gear? Are you good? He goes, oh yeah, I got my dad's old leather. He handed it down to me. I'm like, oh, cool! And you wear it all the time? He goes, oh yeah. Well, unless I'm just running around town or something, because that, that leather is too heavy. It's too hot. But you know, otherwise, mm. if I'm gonna like go do a long ride or something, I said, well, why wouldn't you have something you can throw on? So we went in, and he got, you know, um, just a nice lightweight jacket with all the armor in it. And he's like, oh, this is awesome. I'll wear this all the time. Like, right? Yes. I feel like I feel like I did good with that one.
5: Well, Les, yes.
0: Yeah, you know, we
5: had a uh, a similar story. We had a, a guy at the airport out here who who shouldn't have been flying, and he was an ultralight pilot, and he had an ultralight that literally had duct tape holding bits and pieces together.
2: What, what qualifications do you need to fly one of those contraptions?
5: Well, not very many qualifications. <laughs> yeah
0: and 50 bucks i think you have to have a baseball field within distance of your house down in a field
5: a couple times and uh and had emboldened himself apparently and so he didn't listen because we told him he
2: shouldn't sounds like liza
5: thing we were (laughs) forthright about it and uh and and it 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 didn't end well it ended poorly oh that's a shame uh, and we have had a lot of uh soul searching with a little community of folks at our little airport out here uh as to what to do next time just same thing how how to deal with this and you, you can't wait and then decide you have to get at it if you know somebody who shouldn't it, you should be frank with them and uh get some people have an intervention do the things you need to do because uh, are you part of a, an experimental aircraft club at the airport I am. I am i've built a couple airplanes and you
2: guys are wackadoos man
3: i've <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: been to a couple of those meetings me and liza well, you yeah. remember yeah and i'm like you guys are nuts <laughs> they're like but we we landed i'm like oh god
0: that's when we met um Ch- is it chip yeager
2: uh, yes, it was an electric guy.
0: And who wow. made an electric plane and crashed it.
8: <laughs> yeah. Imagine yeah.
0: that. Yeah, exactly.
8: The, 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 hey. the problem is you yeah. just can't land you, you just can't stop and fix it. You're you're done. <laughs> you know, if if you see a motorcycle have a problem, you just pull over and oh well, it's probably gonna be okay. If <laughs> <Yeah. Hey, laughs> you're in the air, not so much.
0: We got another Misfit joining us. It's Misfit Mike. How you doing, Mike? Hey, guys. Good to
9: see you again.
0: Yeah. You yeah. Mike,
9: hello, darling. Hello, Mike. hello.
0: Remind everyone where you are.
9: I am in southeast Missouri. Missouri. Right. Missouri. 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 If you're on my <laughs> side the of the barbecue. stage, Missouri. On the other side is Missouri.
0: <laughs> exactly. And,
9: and I also was at an EAA meeting this afternoon. so what? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Friends of mine flies in. Uh, Rand's S6. So, yeah.
4: Yeah! Wow.
1: It, oh, God, I thought you said you were in an AA meeting. Well, I that, no, no that's, that's, that's later. That's later. Oh, so
4: no, it's before, yeah. yeah. Right,
1: right. right. I'm sure there's an inextricable link between EA members and AA members. It's, it's, you know, it's exper- experimental aircraft will drive you to drink. If right. No,
4: it's, it's Experimenters Anonymous. Right. <laughs> ah, I like that. That's a perfect bagel.
0: Hey, um, I need everybody's help here. Emma and I are currently in an argument, and I need everyone to weigh in and help us out with this. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll
4: settle this. (laughs) Do
0: you know where I'm going with this one, Emma? Nope. It has something to do with Pooh Brown.
3: Pooh Brown. <laughs> oh. Pooh Brown. Color.
0: <laughs> so um you may recall um I have the KZ four hundred bike that um,
1: Darling, it's a KZ four hundred. That
0: uh been working on that Emma diddled and made it run real good last <laughs> week. And um it's 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 running pretty sound. I put one new tire on this week. I got another one to put on next week and getting it to be roadworthy. And the next thing is start working on the cosmetics and cleaning up some of the aluminum and chrome. But it, it's pretty pretty clean bike when you say Emma? It, it
1: it every time I look at that bike I'm really thrilled by what a delightful little thing it is, and I want you to do it right, which is the reason we're having this conflict right now.
0: So here's where we're at. The next thing is paint. It has a pretty nice paint job. It was a, a good paint job probably done a few decades ago, and it's not uh, stock in any way. It's just a nice kind of a green. So I want to paint it. Now, Emma's vote is to go for the period, uh, correct, uh, 1975. Uh, It's a poo brown with orange and green accent. What do you guys think of that? No go. We're going for the next
5: thing.
7: (laughs) I I actually like that.
0: Oh, Jim, you got to go? Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank have you, Ben. You
2: verified, have you verified mm. that's the color? I think Emma might just be pulling a fast one on you, wanting you to paint your thing blue brown.
0: I'm telling you.
9: Uh,
2: it's the 70s. Everything was that color.
0: All right, Jim, you got to go? That's
2: true.
0: You I got to bounce. Yes, all right, see go. ya. All right. all
2: right. Hey, nice seeing everyone tonight. Thanks for joining. Hey, Jim. Uh,
0: I decided. Hi, Jim. I decided to go instead with a custom paint job that reflects the era. That has blue-brown right. in it.
1: It, does, it, it does have
0: blue-brown. No, so uh, 1975 is the bike. And I went with a paint scheme from stolen from another bike that I think is really cool, but a lot of people aren't familiar with. That's because it's from an AMF Harley-Davidson. So mm. I'll show you this. And just imagine, instead of it saying Harley-Davidson, it says Kawasaki. So what do you think of that? Black? with this really cool pattern that's kind of, it goes from like white to yellow to orange to red to dark po- red to poo Bound. It, it um, is
4: very 70s, that's for sure.
0: So you can see it on my t-shirt, can't you? Yeah. The yeah. Mama, the yeah. mama yeah. Tried logo? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So what that's do you guys, it, I, think, awesome. I think that would look so cool to kind of, a little homage to the AMF Harleys, but put it on a Kawasaki. And I think it would
4: be. Wouldn't that be an insult to to Harley Harley's
0: though? Well, no,
4: (laughs) because
6: that would be an insult to the Kawasaki. (laughs) Come on, both directions, I would say.
0: (laughs) Oh God! My
1: feelings are mutual.
0: (laughs) Well, when you think about it, the AMF Harley Davidsons are the misfits of the Mm. Harleys. Well, and what better way to represent a misfit bike? So, what do you guys think? You paint.
6: I say, if you painted that color, the likelihood of it breaking down just increased by a hundred percent.
7: He's right. He's right. What he says.
0: So, do I do I go for that? What's the face d-
5: color on that?
0: Black. It would be black.
5: Okay. Yeah, it'll be awesome.
0: Or do I go with the brown with orange and green stock? Who brown? <laughs> I don't
5: know.
4: I mean, maybe, maybe if you—I mean—if you really want to go seventies, maybe you should do like a three-tone with like avocado mustard and poo brown, olive, and
6: green. Oh my god!
5: <laughs> I think that if it's a coveted motorcycle, you might consider it uh, stock. But a KZ four hundred isn't a coveted motorcycle. It should be your motorcycle. That's exactly the, the point here. Customer. Yeah,
0: and I think I think Emma's point is. Um, whenever you have an opportunity and you have a bike that's that stock and I would agree take it to a stock paint job you will increase the value right rather than decrease but in this case because it's a KZ400 it's not that collectible and even though this is the more collectible of the KZ400s because it has drum brakes not the disc on the front Um, and kickstart only so this was like the cheaper version that you could order but not the common one that everyone was buying and
1: Um, incidentally your bike mm -hmm. was a six month production run only Mm -hmm. so it really represented the first six months of 74 by mid-year 74 they'd already gone to electric start and disc brakes because nobody bought the drum breaker
0: Mm. but mine's a 75
9: are you planning on keeping this motorcycle or are you going to try to resell it later?
0: Um, I plan on keeping every bike I've ever owned and I've sold every bike I've ever owned. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah, I I, I don't know. Uh, but here's the thing. I bought it because this is a bike that I had when I was 22. So this is a nostalgic mm-hmm. bike. Um, I wanted to have one around and I wanted it to represent the garage. If you don't know the story, is that when I was 22, I bought this... A cheap bike in a neighbor's backyard took it to a shop where i had to spend all my money just to get the carbs clean a new battery and all that um but then it still <clears throat> needed maintenance and i met this guy uh named jens who was in a bikes and he started having me over to a shop and showing me how to do these things and teaching me how to change my oil and to lube the cables and and He helped me to maintain that bike and make it a better bike. And then when I got another one, I was able to do the work myself. And for me, that was the start of what ultimately became the Recycled Garage. Because I always remembered how much that meant to me to have somebody to show me and to help me and to teach me. And I wanted to be able to do that for young riders as well. That's why I started the garage. So this bike is to be an homage to that whole... Concept and the the beginning of the recycled garage for me.
6: What color was your stock one, Liza? Your original one?
0: Um it was not stock, it was spray painted black when I got it. Then I spray painted it, spray painted it cadet blue and put lizards on it.
6: Sounds like you needed a black and blue bike with a lizard on it. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, and that was, you know, the first b- bike you ever painted. Have you, have you guys all tried to paint a bike?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, I used a roller. <laughs> <laughs> I used the old roller, yes, get a bit of texture on that. I say
0: there's two kinds of people. People that paint a bike once and go, forget it, I'm never doing that again. And then the people who go, I learned, I'm going to do it again. And they do it again, and then they never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well you've done it
5: before and you're going to do this again and if you do it in the colors you want it's a passion project it's a lot of work and it's a lot more fun when it's driven from passion rather than from the value equation
0: yeah so um so we're all in uh we're all in favor now the the amf harley black with orange and brown yes oh, oh, emma did you hear that I got them on my I'm side. i
7: No. Oh,
3: oh come It's on. your deal.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm actually
7: with them as well, but oh, I would on. say go with what you want. But yeah, I, I'm biased like, because I darling, have a of bike.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. And look how good. Look how beautiful that thing is. Just look at it. It's a masterpiece.
7: From a distance, yes.
1: Yeah, no, you see, oh, my word. The thing is, Liza, what you should learn from this is you can't bully people <laughs> to like what you like. It's not going to work. It's not going to work, Liza. Um, so,
0: I guess no. there is the possibility of the not poo brown. So there is a red with black. So, and that's
1: the one I actually like. Um,
0: black Red with black and mustard.
1: Oh, that's sweet. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and incidentally, that wasn't the only color choice. It came in a very, very nice, like, dark teal with the black and gold, Ooh. mustard gold as well. I want to see so, that one. Yeah. T- that might be worth oh, considering. Uh,
0: no. I'll have to keep checking. But Yeah,
1: no, I'll, I'll find you a nice paint scheme.
0: No, not- um not that blue, right?
1: No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. You carry on, carry on with the show, darling. <laughs> carry on with, right. the sh- I, I- with the really big
0: shoe. I really love that AMF uh, paint scheme, but I do want this to be the appropriate bike. And Emma, you keep looking at this bike like it's like it's ice cream. And you're like, "Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like it."
1: No, I absolutely adore it. I think it's it's one. I've always liked KZ four hundreds. It's the, to, in my opinion, it's the best of the four stroke four hundreds, by far. Um. It's light years ahead of the Yamaha XS400. And, you know, it's a substantially better bike than the Honda 400 Twin. I would argue that it's as good as a 404, but Ooh. in a different way.
0: Ooh.
6: Wow. Mm.
0: I, You know, I'd agree. I, I mean, and for most of the bikes, um, when you... Okay, and, and if chime in, in if anyone wants to comment on this. When you... Looking at like the bikes of like the 70s, the early 80s, you got, the, um, you got the CBs, you got the KZs, you got the GSs, and you got the XSs, right? And I always thought, like I put them in that order, like the CBs were the better bikes, hands down. The KZs, better than the GSs. I didn't have a lot of luck with GSs, um, but I think you're right. In the KZ400, I think, compared to the CB400, ooh, I don't know, I don't know it's a hard call it's a hard call but um yeah emma we'll keep talking i I, i'm not opposed to making it a stalker but that's the question is whatever money i'm putting into it i i I doubt i'll ever get it back because this is not a highly collectible bike
6: passion projects you get your money back
0: yeah
1: exactly it's um all right Oh, hang on. Let me try you get, and get tilt some. It slightly. Ref- reflections are terrible around here.
0: All right. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. No, you had it. So it's. Okay. Hmm.
1: That's nice.
0: Oh. It's a royal yeah, that blue. That's my
1: favorite. Yeah. So that's the black with the mustard gold and the blue. Absolutely mm-hmm. stock. Um, I don't know. You know, just a, a real pleasant. It's it just, just needs- a, a pleasant bike.
9: Needs a lizard or two.
3: (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) All right. You know, the funny thing, though, is I painted the lizards on the the side covers, and then I had a rubber suction cup lizard on the top of my helmet. (laughs) 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 Things you get away with in your 20s, and I thought I was cool, man. (laughs) Well, then I got a letter jacket, and I painted a lizard on it, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. Which is not the worst paint job I ever did. I once had a GPZ seven fifty that I painted polka dots. Oh my. Yes, there's a picture of that up in the garage. Um mm. but yeah, I yeah, people definitely saw you coming. Well, I wanna know what do you guys want to talk about? Who's got a good topic or a question to the group? Okay, crickets. All right. Nothing, really? Mike, well, okay. you got nothing? Come on. Okay.
1: it's nope. I've been goaded into this, so I'm okay. going to make the announcement. And
0: Oh, really? You're doing it?
1: I'm going to do it right now. Okay. And Are you sure? While we've, while we've got the guests on the show, I can get some feedback. So having been in and out of the industry for the best part of 42 years, I'm finally going to make the jump and I'm going to open my own shop. Hmm. Ooh, Mm. wow. So, my question to everyone. Bear in mind, this is not going to be a shop in the conventional sense of a motorcycle shop. It's primarily going to be a workshop. It's going to be part museum, part art space, part... Interactive experience with a very, very old school motorcycle technician and technology. If anybody would like to share with me what they, the worst experience they've had at a motorcycle dealer, or the best one Ooh. so we can dispense with all the crap and make sure we don't go down that route and bring in the things that people really enjoy I mean I've got a great idea of this myself and what I'm going to try and aim to do for my clients but you know if anybody wants to share I'm very very well I'm very receptive to that because this is going to be a new type of motorcycle shop I'm going to sell motorbikes but they're going to be it's going to be very very small volume and the motorbikes I sell are going to be done to a very very high standard not necessarily expensive but they're going to be used bikes that I get in check over over every detail and sell with a guarantee. I'm going to repair people's bikes. I'm going to do one, two, maybe three full-scale builds for museums, because I've got so many museum contracts now. Um, And the museum builds would be enough to keep me going. But I think it's my opportunity to make a jump and actually do something for the motorcycle community as well.
0: I, I have an idea go on you know many of the co-op garages uh, they offer classes yes uh, seminar type things where they'll teach you how to do things anything from how to change your oil to welding to yes. you know cleaning a carburetor rebuilding yes. calipers yes. um i think that that's a great idea something that the co-op garages have done that would be and I
1: think that's I think that's going to be part of the experience I'm being very very careful where I set this up and whatever town I find myself in I want the surroundings to be pleasant enough that in the summertime if I choose to do evening or weekend classes it's going to be somewhere where people actually want to be whether it's a historic district of town or i'm in a historic building so the surroundings themselves are very inspirational and creative before i even open my god
0: can we ask what sorry and uh, when you after your comment i'd like to know what kind of classes people would like her to offer do you think would be good to offer peter what were you about to say
5: well congratulations first holy smokes what a great thing um i think that the the biggest service you're going to end up providing is that there is a sort of as was alluded to earlier uh, there was a a generation of us who came up maintaining motorcycles and everything else because everything we touched needed maintenance in order for it to entertain us day to day and that has changed but I think that there is an awful lot of uh, uh, youth coming up that would love to be involved with some of this old stuff. And they can't. If there isn't someone around who can help maintain it, and I'm sure you guys see this in your garage, they, you can't go to the motorcycle shop these days and get a 1970s whatever. Right. Care of. Uh, you, you get scoffed at. And you have, of course, every opportunity and every ability here to just open doors for folks uh, just by default. You're- you know, yeah, thank you, Peter. And I
1: see, I actually see this. I see young people with a great amount of passion. And conversely, I see some pretty obscure 1970s and early 80s machinery just languishing in the back of sheds and garages and it's like it's like a very awkward prom where all the boys are in one corner <laughs> and all the girls are in the other, and nobody wants to make that leap. And if I can be the facilitator, if I can play Cupid and get this 21-year-old kid on a 1972 Honda CB350 and just show him the rudimentary of how to get the thing running... You know that's that's the start of a movement.
9: I, I would I, first of all, I would also echo Peter's congratulations, Emma, and I would I would also just in that sort of class wise. So I actually wrote to y'all an email. I am one of those people who has never actually worked on my motorcycle. I have always I've been. A I was tour,
0: about
9: I've to traveled, read it, Mike. I, I, well, there you
0: go. <laughs> I was <laughs> about to read it.
9: So I, I, you know, I commute I, because my motorcycle is my transportation. I've always been hesitant to experiment on it, right? Like I don't want to, the thing that I use to get to work to be the thing that I'm gonna learn on and break. And so to have somebody who could sit down and just sit and do the absolute basics, like that is a thing uh, that, especially in places like, I live in a very small town and we don't have that. So we have we have a couple shops that are really good with old bikes, but it, it's just, I've never had the opportunity to learn. Uh, And so that would be, I would love to have something like that, that would be as simple as, here's how you change your oil. Because that's a thing I've never had the opportunity to do without worry.
0: You have the opportunity whenever you want it. That is fair.
9: I have never (laughs) taken the opportunity because I'm worried about breaking the thing that I use every day to get to Mm -hmm. work.
1: Right. And a a traditional shop will argue that teaching customers to... Work on their own bikes is the kiss of death because that's, one, le- that's one less customer you get. But Precisely. this is my advantage because my motivations are completely different. You know, I'm 60 years old. This is a 10 year project. This is to keep me occupied for the next 10 years till I drop dead at my workbench. <laughs> so I don't need to make a million bucks. I'm not looking to buy my next Bentley, I'm not looking to buy a huge house in suburbia. This is a means of paying the rent on the shop and keeping me in shoes for the next few years. Mm -hmm. So I can offer those classes knowing I won't get the work because I'm not motivated by a huge amount of money. I'm being very careful where I pick because (laughs) I've got to try and pick somewhere nice but with low enough overheads that I can make it worth my while. So right now my ceiling is about a thousand a month and around here you can usually get commercial space for about a buck, a buck fifty per Mm -hmm. square foot. So it's very doable but it's picking the right spot because the surroundings themselves have got to be inspirational. Remember, this is an art space as well. It's not just the bikes. There's motorcycle art in there, which I've got a collection of, right down to these dolls behind me, which are genuine Yamaha dolls. Hmm. So all this stuff is going to be going on display. So it's it's, it's an installation.
0: I would like to donate some dildos for the shop
1: very good okay okay but only Uh, the clean ones darling
0: but you know in his email mike actually went further with this question and he said that he was looking for a cheap older bike to learn to work on and i think some of the ones you made reference to was something like a honda nighthawk or a harley sportster and i think this is a great topic because this is something we encourage heavily here is wrenching and whenever you get an old bike to wrench on what a lot of people don't realize, half of the work you're gonna do is to fix the thing you broke.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: But that is part of it. Learning how to get off a bolt that has been snapped off is is something that you have to experience and learn all the different tools and tricks and and things. And there's so much you learn from that one snap bolt. Am I right, Emma?
1: Absolutely. And I'm going to stick my neck out for you, Mike, Mm. and Peter's going to nod his head in agreement. If you want to learn about bikes and buy a bike, in effect, to fix up, get an old brick. And the really reason cold. why the reason <laughs> why no, I no. say get an old Brit,
8: <laughs> no, no, no,
1: they're, <laughs> no. no, 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 no. They're, ve- they're essentially they're very very simple bikes, and every single component, down to the tiniest washer, to a giant thing you can buy. Okay.
0: Oh, hold on. There's, I got one no. word for you, Emma. Whitworth. No, 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 Uh, no. Yeah, Ben's got it. Ben's got it. You've
1: gone back too far. (laughs) (laughs) You said an old British bike. You've gone back too far. Funnily enough, the Commando was one of the few that hung on to Whitworth. But if you were to get an early 1970s Bonneville, so let's go for a 72 to 77 Bonneville, which is a T120 or a T140V. You could get into one of those for about three or four thousand. Mm-hmm. You can buy everything for that bike. You can get all the parts and everything. Every single component for that bike you can buy. and you can spend ten grand on it and get it all back. Conversely, mm-hmm. you can brush paint it flat black, put high bars on it, just get it running so it spews oil everywhere ride it around, and you'll be still the coolest guy on the planet.
6: <laughs> and don't forget the lizards. And don't forget right. the lizards.
0: <laughs> I'm going to make, so
7: uh, I'm I'm make... make a suggestion.
0: Okay, go ahead, Chris. So as, as a
7: Sportster rider who has two of them, one with uh, two hundred let's see, uh, eighty-six thousand miles on it now, um, the Sportsters are, as I refer to them, you know, 1970s technology. Uh, my, my 06 is carbureted, my 07 is fuel-injected but they're very sim- simple bikes and the advan- what I like about the what Harley did at least you know in the 2000s the service manuals are step by step if you Brian, can read that line by line it will walk you through everything so i did grow up working on cars with my father but i was never i was there helping him i wasn't doing it myself in 2008 just out of warranty when i had a leaking head gasket i pulled ahead and replaced the head gasket and and made one mistake, but, you know, I I got it running. And ever since then I've done my own maintenance and I've done everything to that bike up to, and including pulling the engine out, splitting the cases, replace the bearings in the transmission at 200,000 miles. So they're very forgiving bikes to work on very simple bikes to work on. You know, I just saw today in this area anyway, in PA, uh an eight uh oh seven, I think it was eight eighty three sports for thirty five hundred dollars.
3: Yeah.
9: And and, and one of the things that, you know, in, in my area, sportsters are very common. We're in, we're in Harley country, and so, like, uh, oh, yeah. it's hard it's hard to find parts for something else. The other thing I like about what you said, uh, Chris, is the, the step-by-step piece. Because I'm in a place where I don't have classes available, this would be yeah. a thing I would have to be learning from YouTube videos and, and uh, you know, owner's manuals and that kind of thing. And so I would need something that would be really – and if there's if there's books out there on old british bikes like that would be great i just don't know of them and that's a
0: okay but you-, you haven't heard oh, my suggest- you haven't heard my suggestion yet
1: Please. oh god <laughs> oh
0: god here's what i am going to suggest a smaller displacement bike in fact go. i'm going to say something like oh ben did you just fall off your chair <laughs> <laughs> Yes, all right. Uh, I have here the 1972 to 1977 Honda XL250. It's Ooh. a plated street bike, a plated dirt bike. This is the bike we all wanted when we were kids. Come on, face it, right? Mm-hmm. This is a simple bike, simple things. You could tear this motor apart, you can still get parts for everything. And what you have left is a fun little bike that you can take on trails and stuff, Uh pop around town. But you can work on it by yourself. You can pull the engine out of the frame yourself. You can find all the books and everything. And even just getting into learning how to do replace the fork seals or even Mm -hmm. if you wanted to polish the engine, these are things that you can do. But it's not... Uh, a far reach for your first yeah. project.
1: You, you actually you can't polish the engine on that bike. <laughs> it's Why? got um it's got very very porous magnesium alloy engine components, and you have to paint them because if okay. you polish them, all the oil will come out.
3: Oof.
0: But Oof. Uh, there's a lot of these old seventies dirt bikes that are just fun and simple and just mm-hmm. basic components.
9: And it, the simplest, the thing that I'm looking for is something that, because this is, you know, my, the, right. the RT would be the transportation, the thing like that. It would be the, this would really be a process of learning how they, how they put but, together, how to work on them.
6: But you know, what, I have a very, sorry, Oh no, I was going to say, I have a very simple uh, solution here for him. The Honda trail 90 is the simplest bike. That
0: was my other one.
6: And he lives in Missouri. They're everywhere. i no, I've been in Missouri many times. Mm. Uh get yourself a Small Trail 90. Trail 90. There's there's nothing that you can't do. 90 110 start small. <clears> okay. <throat> and work your way up to something like that. Um very simple, very simple bike to work on. There's mm. there's not a part on there that you can't find. And okay. um very right. simple to to make run. And, and there's okay. about a gazillion YouTube. He's
0: channels. got a good point point. and actually the thing you can do with a bike like this even if the motor is bad, you can buy mm-hmm. a life fan motor with carburetor and electronics for about 350 bucks.
9: Huh. and just put it in that.
0: And put it in. You could buy okay. a 125cc, baby.
1: But you know, right whatever, whatever you choose, um, buy either a Hanes or a Climber. Mm-hmm. workshop manual. Mm-hmm. They're designed for the everyman. They're worded in such a way that they take you through things step by step. You know, I work with the genuine manuals and the argument against genuine manuals, some people are quite right, is they're written in such a language that you need a qualification in frigging understand them. To just understand what they're saying. Mm. A Haynes, which is an English manual but covers, you know, American and Japanese Mm -hmm. bikes are model-specific, or the Climber, which is the domestic manual. They're worded exactly for people. This is what you need to do, and this is how you're going to achieve it. Um, And, you know, call into your friendly neighborhood misfits if you get to (laughs) love. We'll navigate you out of the soup, darling.
6: (laughs) I appreciate it. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I want to know, Peter, what do you think? Because you've done some full restos. So... so, uh,
5: I like Emma's notion of the British motorcycle because it's as simple as a Briggs and Stratton lawnmower as far as the simplicity by which it's put together. The big thing, though, that I'd encourage Mike to do is just get something. It's Hmm. so empowering. Learn how to take a wheel on and off. You'll feel like a superhero. (laughs) Learn how to adjust the chain. And All motorcycles are the same. This is the thing. They're not all the same. But but 85 eighty five ninety 90% of the whole thing, they're the same. It's the same basic parts, the same tensioners, the same... And and just get something that you're not afraid of, not the one you're riding to work every day, Mm -hmm. and start messing Uh around with it. And if it needs a set of tires, don't go to the shop to get tires. Figure out how to put tires on it. Mm -hmm. Watch the YouTube videos. They're amazing. Don't get caught up in them. Wait till you need to do it that night. (laughs) <laughs> and then go invest 10 minutes in watching a video and get mm-hmm. back out in the shop and do it and as soon as you've discovered you don't have the right tool get on Amazon wherever buy the right tool and uh, do it again uh, you don't need to do everything you don't need to worry about can I rebuild a motor or get the transmission to fit back together
9: Just get, get started the
5: basics um, in place Mike mm. c- can
1: I get can I get a little personal Mike please uh, are you married are you in a relationship? Married? You're married. Married, yeah. And remember, oh,
0: he has Ella Fitzgerald, the turtle. Oh, yes, that's who right. Who kept giving us <laughs> a stink <laughs> eye. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: um, I and you're, you're happily married, of course. Very,
9: very. And I like to keep it that way.
0: Okay, good. How long, <laughs> well, how then it needs to be mar- something small you can hide in the closet. <laughs> how, right.
9: how, so, how long have long
1: How long have you been married, and say your partner's name? Uh, Lily, and we've been married 12 years. Okay, yeah. um... Honey, and speaking as a woman, uh-huh. if you can understand Lily, you can fix a motorbike. <laughs> Fair That's all you need to know. Fair enough. If you can stay happily married to a woman for twelve years yes. and you can understand the complexity of Lily's brain. Fair, a motorcycle yeah. is a pushover, darling. A pushover. But, That's all you need to know.
0: I think though. The thing that you don't know, but that all of us know who've, who've restored bikes, is it, the project is going to find you. Once you open yourself up and are ready for it, uh-huh. the opportunity is going to show up. It might be a bike in someone's backyard. It might be something you see, you know, at at, a, at the flea market or a garage sale. Or, it will be there, Right how many I mean, bikes have you guys found like peter bagel where it just you happen to find it you weren't looking for it it just, found you yeah
4: you're right you're at the right place at the right time and there's a bike that's like you can't pass it up
0: that's the right you bike. it'll buy. bye
1: mike, mike, <laughs> right. fix it fix, me mike. <laughs> take fix me, home. me mike take me yeah, home take TV. me home yes
3: yes <laughs> Of course, what you
9: bring home?
1: If it's a triumph, it'll be, "Oi, you <laughs> fucking, you fucking wanker, you better get me in the back of your fucking truck, you." That's right.
6: <laughs> you know. Um, well, yeah. now that he's opened himself up to wanting a project too, um, it'll come along a lot faster yeah. that way. Oh yeah, yeah. it's the first. It's, it's
1: the it's the first
6: step, Ben. Step yeah. Oh, yeah, one. yeah, absolutely. Step it's one. Actually, open yourself up to it.
4: Especially yeah. if you start crawling traw- the uh, Craigslist ads. And, and yes. that, there's been a lot of
9: stuff on there. Like it's just, right. it's the hard part is like not knowing anything. It, I don't even know where to start. And uh, you know, that's it, the it, best part.
0: I'll tell exactly. you where to start. I'll tell you where to start. This is what I look for all the time. Type in the keyword project.
9: <laughs> okay.
0: You are going to find a project bike. This is something that somebody's had. I, this was a project I got. I never got around to it. Or this is something that I'm, I'm halfway through and it's, I, you, I've got an extra engine in a box and there's like three frames and it comes with, you know, four tires and a helmet. <laughs> I swear, I got my first CB750, that cafe racer that I built, I got for a hundred bucks. It was two frames, two wheels three seats, four handlebars, two engines, one carburetor and complete parts. It was for a hundred bucks. They're like, just come clean out our garage. And I put together an entire bike for a hundred bucks. You look for project is the keyword. And that's when you find somebody who's completely bailed on something or wants to get rid of something. And that is a deal.
6: But don't fall. Go don't on. fall for the don't fall for the Craigslist ad since it only needs this little thing to <laughs> oh, fix. <gosh>. No. <laughs> <Or> ran when <laughs> parked. <laughs> ran parked. <when> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it only needs this little. It only needs the carburetor cleaned and it'll run. Right. Never. Yeah. yeah. But
0: that doesn't matter because on a true project bike, you're going to go through everything. <clears throat> you're going to learn how to do wheel bearings and you're going to learn how to do right. carburetors and you're going to learn how to do everything and so you go through the entire thing swing arm bushings and you're going to rebuild that entire thing so it doesn't matter really what the condition is
9: so so my so we we talked earlier about sort of airplanes and and a friend of mine who has built a plane at home he said basically he built his plane twice for, uh, given all the things that he broke so I'm <laughs> yeah. picturing motorcycles sort of being the same thing that you know I'll break something rebuild it break it yep. then put something else on it Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I remember when Jim uh, bought the XL 350 project from me, um, and he was breaking bolts left and right on the thing, and it was so f- oh, no. frustrating to him. Do you remember that bagel? And Bigly, it was yeah. you kind of you. It, it's an old bike, but you also kind of get that mechanics touch when you know when to stop forcing something <laughs> and to try something else, or to apply heat, or to apply oil, or to apply something. Yeah. But yeah. you have to break a bunch of bolts to learn these lessons so that's why i mean it will find you Mm. but i think it's great and i applaud you that you're ready to learn and i mean maybe it'll be a honda shadow or maybe it'll be um you know one of those little sears mini bikes (laughs) with a briggs and stratton you know it -hmm. can be anything but each of those you can learn something on
9: cool
8: yeah thank you all yeah
0: yeah no problem Hey, I've, I got a question for, Oh, sorry, Mike, what were you saying?
8: Oh, I was just going to say, uh, it, go from failure to failure with enthusiasm because you have them,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
8: and yeah, just, yeah. But, but it's, it's the greatest thing. I mean, here, uh, all our shops are booked a month out for anything you want to do. And mm-hmm. it's been like that for eight, 10 years. So just about everything I've done is I don't, I'm not going to wait a month to get on a bike, right? I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, get some grease and start working at it and, You'll have failures, but it's no big deal. You'll just pick it up, and it's a lot of fun and keeping them running. And once you get them running, it's amazing they all stay running then. Huh, once you ha- yeah. once you start the maintenance and you start doing it yourself, you lose all that fear. And, I mean, I've pulled up on guys riding dirt, and, you know, they're dejected and sad. And, you know, hey, I've got the tool for that. And you feel, you know, you're confident hand- handing that out. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, just on a little project, but yeah, you'll have failures. Just, just be enthusiastic about it and have two bikes. Good advice. It's
4: a lot easier to be enthusiastic going from one failure to the next, if it's not the bike that you rely on to get to work every right. day. Yes. that's. But
6: yeah, that's sure.
1: um, <clears throat> A couple of things I'd like to add. There is nothing, there is no feeling in the world like doing a hundred miles an hour on an engine you built. Now no. you're not going to do that on a yep. CT90 <laughs> but <laughs> to experience that, mm-hmm. of actually seeing the Speedo kiss a 100 mm. and you hear this thing underneath you and you built it, you know, you feel like your heart is going to burst with pride. Oh. It's wonderful <laughs> but a word of caution with any project bike there's a tendency amongst certain people who tend to grow beards and photograph their lunch. You know, we know who they are. Um, They wear color coordinated clothes, they're hipsters. And they like to turn everything into a cafe racer, which in itself isn't a problem. But once a motorcycle has had its frame hacksawed up, Mm. it can be hard to bring it back. Mm. So if you're looking, by all means, look at projects. But if the frame's been hacked up, generally, I'd walk away from it. Don't start there. Yeah. Don't start with a hacked up frame. It's a hard place to come back from. Mm. But Makes sense.
0: you know, the other thing that we are overlooking that is one of the best things about starting your maintenance and project bike? Tools. Ooh, tools you get to start buying tools. Which, by the way, Mike, I just gotta ask, before you start your project, do you have a set of vice grips?
9: Uh just basic vice grips, yes. Yeah, throw them away. Perfect. (laughs) Throw them away.
0: (laughs) You are not allowed to use them. You have not earned that yet. (laughs) Okay. But you do get to start buying tools. And you know what else you get to buy when you buy tools? Tool chest? Yes. How <laughs> yeah. awesome are those? And this is where Harbor Freight is awesome. They've got right down the road so many toolboxes in different colors, and they got the ball bearing rollers, and oh, that's so cool, man. Did I they mean, have one in cool brown? Probably. <laughs> They hey, got mine. P yellow. But,
4: but they have they have them in Chinese red, just like mine right
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> but tools, no, just getting into like allen wrenches. you know, you got your L and then you got your socket and then you get your ball tip and then like you got your extended and you got you there I've got so many different versions of just allen wrenches.
4: Mm. And you're you're also your advice is very per, uh, pertinent here to start with the harbor freight tools that are cheap. And then when you break them, <laughs> then you, you go break. to the higher end. Point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense.
0: It's true. No, you'll get like a set of, of wrenches. Oh, yeah, there's a broken one.
6: <laughs> there you go. Right there, yeah. bagels. Just what you were talking about. <laughs> you <laughs> get
0: a set of wrenches, and maybe it'll come with like a dozen sizes. You're only going to use two of them most of the time. And those may be the two that you kind of strip and you replace. But the mm-hmm. rest of them... Are there, you don't have to buy expensive 22 millimeter stuff, you know? But it's there when you need it so frequently. So, tools, God, we could do a whole podcast on tools, you guys. I just, we have, I, haven't we? We have. <laughs> I just remember when I was building up my garage here, that was like my excitement. And mm-hmm. like, my dad, what do you want for Christmas? Like, oh, okay. You know, I want yeah. the ratcheting offset metric you know, wrenches. Like, I was just going, like, the deep dive on all these things. So that is going to be fun. Just Mm. throw throw away Um, the vice grip.
1: You've just got to decide, Mike. um, Get your project bike first and then buy the appropriate tools. There are going to be tools that you use for both of them. Mm -hmm. Set of hammers, set of screwdrivers, set of pliers, set of mole grips, uh, vice vice grips, You know, those are universal. Mm. If you buy an English bike or a Harley, you're going to want AF tools. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get a really old British bike or a Norton Commando, you're going to need Whitworth tools. Um, A Japanese bike, of course, or a European bike is going to be metric throughout.
0: Hey, and I just uh, went on to Craigslist and I typed in project. And look, here's a bike that's uh, pretty cool. This is a, what is this, a 1971 Honda CL175. And it's got some extra parts. Looks like it's got an extra tank. A lot of times these, when you type in project, they'll come with extra parts. That is a perfect candidate for a Mm. frame-up restoration.
1: And it's not been hacked up.
0: Exactly.
9: And, and, And one of the things I'm hearing is it doesn't matter the quality or condition of the bike if you're going to just kind of learn as you go.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. You okay. can make it as good or as mm. bad as you want, and as, as long as you don't throw a fortune into it. And Did you see, mm. how,
0: and see how much they're asking for it? $750, we can probably Ooh. talk them down to 500
9: And that's, yeah, that's easy. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, that's the kind of thing, and the most important thing is that it is all there. Mm you want it all there
9: are, conversely are there certain bikes to avoid because you can't find parts easily
0: um, generally
1: if you if you want a project bike I would avoid Italian stuff okay they're quite complex and par- Italian parts are tricky to get most everything made in Japan, since the 1960s is pretty easy to get parts for um body panels tend to be something of a problem um i know why peter's bridgestone's customized like it is because it's almost (coughs) impossible to get bridgestone body parts and so it is with some of the rarer hondas or kawasaki's it's always the body parts that are going to hold you up but really for a fun project bike that's not going to hurt you too much. The mechanical side of it, you can get most of the stuff. Mm -hmm. British bikes, we already established, you can get everything. You can get absolutely everything. And so it is with American bikes too. You know, sportsters are kind of built like British bikes anyway. Um, Don't get a fuel-injected sportster, get a carburetted sportster if you do. And like a British bike, you can get everything. You know? Um, I kind of fancy the idea of an old Sportster, actually. That'd be a fun project. But yeah. like a mid 70s AMF Sportster.
0: That's because Emmy wants
5: one. You know what makes a Sportster so good is everybody down the block has one as well. And so Mm. you really will find a local community of people that will help you with that. Mm.
0: But the only downside is because it's a Harley, it's got a higher price on it. Right. You don't find, you know, uh, an $800 Sportster you usually don't unless it's like got a seized engine or something it's right. hard it's very hard you're looking at a couple grand they they they're their their floor for price is still a couple couple few grand okay. so yeah. that's the difference so you do have something at risk there um, oh
1: and don't buy a kickstart sportster cuz it will break your knee <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you'll end yeah. up with
0: sportster <laughs> knee
1: and there's If you go to any biker meet, you go to any biker meet where there's, you know, bikers in their 50s and 60s, and you see one hobbling along, <laughs> and you point at him and say, sports to knee, and he'll go, yes, yeah, Sportster knee. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So don't buy a Kickstart Sportster. It'll fuck up your knee.
9: And you said carbureted Sportsters as opposed to fuel-injected. Why?
0: Yeah, you, you know, to Learn it. Learn it. Yeah, learn learn it.
1: Learn carburation. Yes. It's nowhere okay. near as hard as you think. A carburetor is a very simple mechanical device. Fuel injection is a very complex, electrical, mm-hmm. ECUs, potentiometers, throttle body injectors, you know. Oh, 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 no! Learn carburation. It's okay. the easiest thing in the world. You want everything
0: it. mechanical and hydraulical. You don't want any electrical. <laughs>
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's the kiss Mechanical and hydraulic. It's
4: okay, so There's, there's, there's yeah, nothing carburetion. It's like alchemy.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I got a quick announcement for everyone. I don't know if you guys have gone and got your tickets yet, but our next film festival, the South Jersey Moto Film Festival, is coming up December 4th through 13th. You can go to revsisters.com. That's R-E-V sisters.com. Tickets are free for the first weekend, or if you'd like to have the 10 day viewing pass to give yourself enough time to see all the movies, it's only 10 bucks for 10 days viewing time. What a deal, huh? We had so many people the last time who didn't get to see them all, so we created that extended viewing time. But go to revsisters.com, really cool, uh, films there. In fact, one of them, uh, that's featured, uh, is called, uh, the badger. Um, it's, uh, and it's this guy who took a a bike that he, uh, wanted to build to run in different races. So like he he built this bike and used it in different, like on the track and on the dirt, like flat track and, and, a and a, and a racetrack. The same bike. So uh, it's pretty cool putting that, that bike to the test. So go to RevSisters.com and get your tickets now. Um, here's another question. Have you, has anyone here watched Long Way Up?
4: Not yet. What
0: is wrong Not with everyone? I'm part busy.
4: <laughs>
0: um, I just, uh, I wanted to give them, because they just, this weekend, they put up the last episode. It's done. It's on Apple TV, for those who don't know. It's Ewan McGregor and and, uh, Charlie Borman, and they're riding the electric live wire motorcycles from the tip of South America, from Ushuaia, all the way up to L.A. And it's, I mean, any of their adventures they do, it's different. And a lot of people have actually been giving it some negative reviews. They said it wasn't the same as when they did Long Way Around on their Uh, GSs and we're actually going through like Mongolia and it was a real adventure Um, and I I disagree I think taking electric motorcycles through South America where they don't have the infrastructure to charge them does give you as many of the obstacles as riding through mud in Mongolia trust me for I mean Bagel knows he's he's an electric guy Um, It presents a whole different set of challenges. Yeah, it might not put you
4: in in as much immediate danger of losing your life necessarily. But yeah, if if you want to keep moving, it's a big challenge.
0: And it makes you meet people. And rely yes. on their you know, their offerings to help you. And they find as they like meet people and like, hey, can I charge up? Then next thing you know, they're in the kitchen and they're having a meal together. You know, It presents a whole other thing. Um, and yes, these bikes are not bikes that you can buy. These live wires are mixed with the Pan America parts, so they have uh, suspension. And yes, they had issues with them. Uh, Bagel, you haven't watched it, but there was uh, at one point um, the the bike did an update, an automatic update. Oops. Which wasn't Mm. compatible with the batteries and the controller. Oh no! And so Ewan's bike was completely disabled, and the only solution was to put it on, like, a boat and get it to the next uh, country where oh, Harley had to yeah. come down with new batteries and, oh, like, dismantle geez. the whole bike to be able to pull the batteries out and replace them. Yeah. So, I mean, that's up there with, you know, this kind of bike failure or, that they had on Long Way Round, right? Yeah. So, um, and also when they, uh, and this was a bit controversial, when they got through Mexico They were advised it is not safe to travel through parts of Mexico. So they bought a school bus and converted it with a ramp up the back so the guys could ride during the day, and then they'd load the bikes up and and put bunk beds in there, and they could drive in this converted school bus at night and get through these areas that weren't safe. So it had its own kind of dangers. Now, should they have just ridden and... Made it the true true adventure. I don't know. I think they were advised that this was not good. Also, that point by that point, because they had been traveling, word had been spreading, and there were uh, yep. like other travelers who were like waving down, like, "Oh, I heard you were coming through this way. I thought I might see you. Hi." So they, you know, they were kind of an easy mark by that point. But right. I really enjoyed it, and I thought, you know, it was a it was a good idea to try an electric bike and to take on that challenge. And, um, you know, uh, some people have been asking, why didn't they ride a zero? Why did they go with the Harley Livewire? It didn't seem like the right choice, but the Harley Livewire at the time was touting the better uh, mileage and capacity in their battery. And from, we've learned from the bike we've seen here, it's actually not a bad bike. It's actually a pretty, pretty good bike. Um, Did it perform as it was promised to? No. Could they have done it on a Zero DS and had been just as successful without having to have a highly modified bike that might have had better support and performance? Yes. But, you know, this still the whole electric motorcycle thing. It's it's all new. There's still all these new brands coming out. I just learned of a new one. Uh, Have you guys heard of Fuel? F-U-E-L-L? My brother has a deposit on one. Really? Yeah.
5: Mm. Isn't that the new Eric Buell? Uh, that product? is
0: the new Eric Buell project. Eric Buell is now making electric motorcycles. And it's called the Fuel. F-U-E-L-L.
4: Because wow. they don't use fuel. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
0: so yeah, uh, that my review is I really enjoyed it. Uh, some other criticism people had is that it was the Ewan show and that Charlie wasn't featured as much as he Mm. was. My take on that is uh, Charlie had a bad accident before this. He had a long recovery. He's not the rider uh, that he used to be. He was a much better rider than Ewan previously, and he was the Mm. one who kind of took the lead and charged. I think he's a lot more, um, a little more timid on the bike, still capable, but... Mm. um, the other thing you got to keep in mind is, this is a TV series uh, put out by Apple TV, and they are making a show that will get the biggest audience. Unfortunately, yep. they want their money back. It's not right. a show for us bikers. It's a show for anyone in the world who wants to see you know travel and adventure, and you and Ewan McGregor, and you and McGregor so um i don't think it was the choice of the team i think it was the choice of the production company that did that and that choice was based on getting as many people to watch it as possible and unfortunately outside of the uk charlie Borman is just not as well known and i think um he was not as um charismatic as he's been in the past and a lot of that may have been to something to do with his health not being as good. I think there was pain and stuff. So I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. But the reason I love it the most is that um any biker um any biker show is going to help biking and introduce more people to biking.
1: Agreed. Yeah.
0: And that's the bottom line. Be it chips, be it long way up or be it, uh, I don't know, what's another... You Orange know,
4: County Choppers.
0: Or the World's Fastest <laughs> Indian or Orange County Choppers yeah. or any of these movies, TV shows. It all promotes riding, and I'm for that. Simple as that. Fair um, enough. I got one more question to the group. Um, we've got a little bit of time left. I want to know what you guys think uh, 2021 is going to be like for for riders, for the motorcycle community. What are you guys predicting? Because as we know, 2020 has been a bitch because of COVID, because of politics, because of all the things, because of the fires, because of the tornadoes. It's been a bitch. But the motorcycle industry did surprisingly well because it turns out a safe COVID, uh, you know, uh, way to go out in the world is on a motorcycle. But here's what I'm seeing: uh, supply and demand. Yes, there's there's a big demand, not a lot of supply. We've seen the price of used bikes go up. We've seen shops running out of new bikes. And I work in the hardware industry, and we're having harder and harder time filling our hardware drawers because we can't get supply. So I'm kind of worried what it's going to look like. So what do you guys think 2021 is going to be like for us bikers? Yeah, go ahead, Peter. So I,
5: 2021 uh, is going to be amazing.
0: Oh, let's hear it. So uh, the, are, are you the the, thing, the the optimistic for everything?
5: The COVID thing isn't going to disappear overnight. It's not going to happen yeah. on this day. It happened to us on a given day, practically. In my case, bizarrely, uh, a week after my daughter got wedding, got married, I'm maybe the luckiest guy ever to have put that on. But what's going to happen in 2021 is instead of every day bringing this torrent of bad news, and the bad news is going to continue through the course of this winter mm-hmm. and other things, but we're going to start getting good news. Every day is going to be a little bit more freeing, a little bit more and a little bit more, and a little bit more, one way or another, we're gonna start freeing. And it's gonna take a long time. It's gonna take another year, of year and a half, I don't know, a couple of years, but it's always gonna be good news. It's never gonna be, it might be a setback here and there, but we have endured and we've done a stellar job in just the most intensely horrible thing the world's known in a long time. And for all of that has been bad this last year for so many of us, and I am blessed that I, uh, well, this gets to Mike's thing. I am a project guy. I go to sleep every night excited about what I'm going to try and figure out for the next day. But the news is going to be so good, little by little by little. The next year, 2021, 2022, It's a party we all want to be part of. Every single day is going to be good. And we're going to be, we're desperate to embrace one another. And I think that that's going to be the most healing thing our world has ever seen. It's it's going to be a new time that's better than anyone we've ever been in. It's going to be fantastic.
1: I agree with you. Thank you. I absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more.
0: Well, now I'd like to hear from somebody who's in touch with reality. Anyone?
4: Um, I'm going to say it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, co- the COVID numbers are spiking up way more dramatically now than they have been to this point, point. Uh, and combined with the fact that it's winter, the the number of infections is going to shoot through the roof. Um, and I'm afraid that it's going to take the economy down with it. And we're going to—I think we're going to go into 2021 with some serious serious problems uh especially in this country because of how badly covid is is being managed here but i think around the world we're going to see similar things as well um you know a lot of other countries that we rely on for parts and materials for motorcycles are going to be affected um you know it's it's i think it's i think it's going to be uh it's going to be some some unforeseen challenges or at least not at least some challenges that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, you know. And in turn, as, far as, as far as the motorcycle industry goes, um, I think that there's still going to be that desire for people to get out and ride because there's just not that much for people to do these days. I think that's what's been keeping the motorcycle industry afloat. The only problem I see is that when the economy crashes, There's not people are fewer and fewer people are going to have the money to support the industry, and that's going to make things much much harder in the long term.
0: Well, Uh, I I I think you're right too, and I think uh, for the motorcycle community, uh, if we're going to have that big of a downturn, um, I'm just going to make a recommendation right now that everyone go buy stock in CSC Motors because yeah, California Scooter Company because I think if there truly is a downturn, I think we're going to see more of the. Lower price point Chinese and Korean and Taiwanese bikes.
4: I, I, I can't, I can't agree with your stock purchase I, look, recommendations.
0: <laughs> I, no, I am saying people. I think it's going to hurt the high end stuff. They're, like BMW is going to have a harder time selling yes. GS's, but yes, CSC MotoGC. might be selling some of those. What are they called? The RX's, like thirty five hundred dollar little two fifty adventure bike. I am just saying we may see a lot more of that. Buying, one of the things, yeah,
9: you know, yeah. One of the things I'm worried about on sort of the low end is right now, for the last several years, when people get into motorcycling, they buy the little one or two thousand dollar old motorcycles that they mm-hmm. they use for a year or two, and then they move on to something else. Those motorcycles are now two or three thousand dollars, yes. and there's really not that there's not that bar bottom end things for somebody who's brand new starting out, whether it's high school student, college student, that kind of thing. And so I worry about that, especially combined with the uh the fact that new manufacturing is also behind because a lot of the factories were either closed or parts were hard to get. Like that I worry about a little bit of a bubble
6: there.
0: Yeah. That that's a good point. Um I mean the one thing though, we all have our bikes and we're all going to be able to go out there and ride. And that is COVID safe. But the thing that we are all missing is the the rallies, the events, you know, yeah. stuff like that. That's the thing that still is is hurting. I think us personally, yeah, um, because of social media and the internet, and they're selling parts. That's not a problem. And shops, uh, you know, like Emma's, never going to have a shortage of bikes to to work on, right? Right. I think, I think that's going to do well, um, but. The whole social aspect is what's getting hurt. And, I mean, you can agree or not. I mean, I said Sturgis was going to be a big spreader event. It wasn't traced properly, so you can't actually pinpoint and say it was, except for the fact that that part of the country where a lot of the people came from has had major outbreaks. And I don't know if they... Got it at Sturgis, or if it's just the type of people who would go to Sturgis are the type of people who aren't going to wear a mask, who aren't going to wear a helmet, and they're more likely to catch COVID or die in a motorcycle accident. That's just the odds, right? Um, I mean, I hope so much that AMA Vintage Days is able to happen. I don't yet know how they're going to do these things and make them COVID safe. And as I said, um, like, I really wanted to go to AMA Vintage Days this year if they had it, but I said I don't want to go to an event with people who were willing to go to an event.
8: Yeah, yeah. The I I never belonged to a club that would have me as a member.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs>
8: <laughs> well, it's it's a change. Twenty twenty one will be a change from from how you've done motorcycling in the past. The AMA. Mm-hmm are going to be gone, but there's all kinds of opportunities. Like you and Jim did that trip. We've heard Mm -hmm. about that, and that was a good way to travel. Uh, I ended up because my family didn't do a vacation due to COVID, I ended up being able to do a BDR solo (gasps) safe and it was, you know, and, and I also ended up doing that. We have a smoky mountain 500. I never did the whole thing, uh, in one time. So I took a long three day weekend to do that. And I did it with one other friend and, uh, and it was COVID safe and we camped out and had a good time. So are there ways around it? So I think the, you know, the motorcycle for us may change, pick your poison, but, um, there, there's always going to be motorcycling to do, and I think people will do it and embrace it. I know when every every motorcycle list I passed doing both those was was you know they were really in small groups. They were for the most part camping out or in campgrounds. So so they had modified their behavior to adjust to COVID, and and they, but part of the thing was they were allowed to get this done or they had the opportunity to take these ty- types of solo vacations that, that they never would have before. So I think 2021 will be a, a tight year for everybody. But, but if you're, if you want to plan some trips and do it smart and, and uh, it can still be good motorcycling times.
0: Yeah. Adventure riding and dirt riding are bigger than ever now because you're getting away from people. Um, and you know what? I'm going to bring it back around uh, to Mike I think a great idea is to get a project bike, learn a wrench, and bring a buddy in on it. That can be your socialization. That can be your thing is to have somebody working with you on that project. It's nice to have someone there. And all you got to do is put some beers in your fridge, Mike. A friend That's will easy. show up.
3: Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Guaranteed. <laughs> and sometimes you need that extra hand and sometimes you need someone around to, to shoot the shit. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to be the motivation to get your ass out in the garage working on it. Um, I know up in Portland, Bagel, you have to see if they're still there. There's a group of guys that call themselves the Barrage. B-A-R-A-G-E because they had a bar in the garage. Barrage? And like every Tuesday night, all the guys would come over and they'd all kind of hang out and wrench on bikes huh, and drink nice. some beers. And like that was their socialization. So I don't think we're going to have the big events. It's just too hard. But another thing that um, I'm encouraging people to do, sign up for a class. There's still a lot of these um, like dirt classes, adventure riding classes. They're small groups. You're wearing gear. It's COVID safe. Go out and become a better rider. This is a great year to do that. Challenge yourself. Become a better renter. Uh, take a track day. Do something like that. This is the year to do it. If you ride a Harley Ask your friend if you can ride their Ninja. And if you ride, you know, a a DRZ, ask your friend if you can try out their Indian FTR. Something like that. You know what?
1: I'm going to take the bulls. I'm going to take the bull by the horns right now, and I'm going to offer Emma's very first lesson to everyone right here, right now. And I'm going to teach you all the correct pronunciation for the last letter of the alphabet.
0: Z. T. T. Thank you. T. The last letter in alphabet is T. Is T? Alphabet.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. And um,
0: <laughs> I've got one last thing. This is the other thing. Do any of y'all have a young child in your family or a young grandchild, nephew, neighbor I, I
7: do you do I've got five grandkids
0: Okay go out go out and child. buy this right now Ooh Have you guys Ooh. seen from Indian Motorcycles it's called the E FTR Junior for $750 it's an electric mini FTR I think this That's is pretty cool. a cool bike a spe- and it's seven hundred and fifty bucks and it's for like uh, like an eight or ten year old. Go get yeah. it right now. That I Teach love that they're doing that. That's how you a get, leg out. that's how you get kids into riding right there.
1: That's wow. Cool. <laughs> that is yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, and this was on the Indian motorcycle site. So look up EFTR Junior. Um it's a good looking bike too. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's I'm loving it. Oh, monoshock rear suspension. FTR seven fifty uh, styling, cool, cool. So I don't. Yeah, what you got? Ooh, I don't know if you can see that.
6: Yeah. That's oh. that's my two grand grandbabies on PWS. There you go. Nice. Yeah. And the um, the PW eighty I actually bought for her mother, brand new in nineteen ninety six, and kept it in the garage until one of these little stinkers wanted the motorcycle. So I redid it and <laughs> gave it to the oldest granddaughter
0: nice you now you know, that's a bike you could put under the dining table right um
1: now ben i don't know whether you're a member of AAA, but this month's AAA magazine actually has the history of the PW 50 um 40 it's a 40 year history and what an amazing little bike it is and how so many people got their start on
6: pw50s yeah i am a member of triple I didn't well, know about that. I I do have the fifty and the eighty, the PW yeah. also. Yeah. Well, when you when you
1: get this month's AAA, uh, when you get this month's um, uh, AMA magazine, yeah, you will see the history of the PB. and wonderful the AMA ride. magazine.
0: Oh, AMA AMA yeah. oh, and cool. that PW fifty is the perfect bike for AMA vintage days. You can enter it in the pit bike races. Talk about big men on little bikes. Oh yeah. yeah. It is quite entertaining.
6: I've tried I have tried to ride the fifty. It does not.
0: It's
6: I am i I'm six foot three. 300 pounds the 50 is a no bueno the 80 no bueno
3: that's what makes so
0: this race so much fun to watch you could wear
1: one on each foot like <laughs> shoes and then you know have like yeah like roller skates Ugh.
4: I mean pocket bikes are a thing right
5: <laughs> I know <laughs> they were a thing Well, hey,
0: I wanted to thank you all for coming in and being stunt misfits I appreciate yeah. you joining us Um, Just like I appreciate all of our Patreon subscribers, we just had a new one come in today. Thank you very much. And um, yeah, and thanks for everyone for listening and getting us to hear. I have an announcement to make. I don't know if you guys know this, but I figured out, I calculated. The last episode of 2020, so December something, the end of December is going to be episode number 400. Oh, Wow yes so I am kind of going big and for the month of December I'm trying to get some pretty big guests um I'm talking to some nothing is is solid yet I've been talking to a couple AMA Hall of Famers
5: ooh
3: yep
0: uh we'll see uh who I can get but um dude we're coming up a
5: at- other AMA Hall of Famers
0: yes yes yes, <laughs> yes. other um but I mean, God, Bagel Emma, can you believe we're coming up on four hundred? That's not that amazing. Awesome. I know,
1: I know. So, um, I think Bagel's a lot longer-serving member than me. Oh yeah.
4: A bit. It's been what's almost seven years now. I think that I've been. Pro- I think it's probably six
1: for me. Yeah, about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Bagel wow. just showed up on my doorstep one day. Yeah, all
1: bedraggled and lost. <laughs> Dragging a scooter. Exactly. Yes,
0: dragging a dick like,
1: like a little lost lamb. <laughs> yes, yes.
4: I know. Is, is this where the wrenching happens?
0: He's yeah. like that, that ugly old wet cat on your back door that you just, he's like, oh, okay, you can it's come gone. in. <laughs> <laughs> you just fall for it. You just fall for it. It's just so pitiful. You're like, oh, you're kind of cute. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> See, our big one.
1: And, th- and this is what makes me special. You actually found me. I didn't find I know, you. You came to yeah, me.
0: You know. <laughs> I know. This is true. But um, yeah. Thank you guys for joining and um, for yeah, what a for, for all your for other listeners out there. Hey, send us uh topics. What you want us to talk about? Um, we want to know what you want to know, and maybe we'll have you on to talk about it too. So um, and
1: and you know. If if anybody has any bright ideas for my motorbike shop, you know, send a line. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, this is going to be something for all bikers, and you know, I want it to be a nice destination for people who are travelling. So. You know, just come up with some ideas for me. And if they're great, I'll incorporate them. And if they suck, I will tell you they suck and ridicule you on air.
0: Oh, and I just have to ask, uh, is it okay if we put this video up on YouTube? Are any of you wanted criminals or in the uh, the witness witness protection. protection program? Are you all good? not yet not yet bagel
6: (laughs) i've been good so far Uh, (laughs) good so
0: far so here's what we're gonna do
6: i think i'm off the list
0: (laughs) so we're we're at the end of the show i'm about to sign us out and then everyone's going to say your names but here's what we're going to do we're going to go in alphabetical order by your first name i'm going to give you a second so you can figure out what the order is (laughs) because we always go to shit at this part so alphabetical order so here it goes Thank you everyone for listening Thank you to you guys for joining us And all the misfits out there I think it's time to get out of here This is Liza
4: Mmm bagel Big Ben
3: Emma
9: Hi. darling Can oh. I see Mike Mike from Missouri
0: Eat And Chris she talked over you Go ahead Oh god I'm hey, sorry <laughs> And she did it again That's alright all right, we are out of here.
7: <laughs> cool, cool, cool.